Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. I've been out for a couple of days, so it's great to be back. Uh, and I've been out working on the golf course. Working, rather. Working, Johnny. It's uh, very important stuff I had to do. Well, I actually had my tournament the other day, so I appreciate you. Uh, that's doing that's that hugely important. Let's be honest. That's hugely important. No, a, no doubt about it. It's important for junior achievement for the kids. Yes. It's, uh, it's a charity of empowerment and a whole bunch of other great stuff. Uh, volunteers in the classroom. They've got a thing called BizTown where they teach kids about business. They run a city, basically. It's really cool. Anyway, that was Monday at South Shore Harbor. I want to thank Insperity, SNH Manufacturing, Ron Carter. So many sponsors to thank. That was uh, something I've been doing for a long time. I figured out 17th year doing that tournament. Unbelievable. And it was a great day. And also, uh, yesterday we had a little Texans gathering uh, for a lot of our partners and uh, Lux members. And that was great just to see everybody, you know, last couple of days, just seeing people out and about. Uh, we're coming out of COVID a bit. I know COVID still exists, obviously. I'm not one of these uh, conspiracy theorists. Um, it's just great to see people together again. And we're in transition, aren't we? I was, I was watching the Astros, Johnny, and – it was last night's game, actually, with the Tigers in town. And in the yeah. early part of the game, I thought, I was looking at those Diamond Club seats, and I thought, hey, there's no COVID in the Diamond Club. Uh, actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but you know, certainly like the Crawford boxes, there's no COVID yeah. in the Crawford boxes. Yeah. Um, close to, the, um, close to the, the dugouts, it seems. You have those uh, plexiglass shields up. Yeah. But a lot of fans are in there. And, look, I think a lot of this at, at some point is, is personal preference. And, oh, yeah, people have been vaccinated. You've been double-dosed, right? I have. I am, I'm double vaccinated. In fact, we, we have uh, Jeff Kaplan, who's our ICO, which I'm trying to remember what ICO, Infection <laughs> Coordinating Officer, I think is what it stands for. Anyhow, mm -hmm. so um, Cap's been sending around you know, emails like, hey, we're having this Zoom meeting about vaccination. We're having, vac uh, we're having a Zoom meeting about the vaccination uh, for your family, potentially. Answer questions, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so I'm like, I've been, I've had my vaccination, but you know what? I, you know, Dr. Muntz is in there. I'm, I can learn something from this. And so I've gone in the last couple of them, even though I've been vaccinated already. And just kind of learning what they know is, it's comforting in some sense to say, Okay, here's a medical professional telling us, and two of them telling us, this is what we should be thinking. This is how we should go about this. Um, this is how um, we, we, in some sense, should feel about Johnson & Johnson. And it's like, it's been very educational. And so last night, it was a smaller group. And so they saw me on there. And Cap says, all right, Johnny, what's your questions? I'm like, well, guys, in all honesty, I'm, I've been vaccinated. I'm, I'm done. Right. My family's on their way. Everybody else has got at least one shot. We're on our way to get vaccinated. I said, I just want to thank you guys for having this. I don't know how other companies are doing it. And obviously it hits us. You know, the NFL put out rules about tier one, tier two, who can be vaccinated, all that kind of stuff and how that impacts, you know, the off season and who knows, but just getting that information from, you know, cap and, and uh, from Dr. Munts has been, it's been huge. It really has been huge. Jack's been a big part of that, getting that information to us and making sure that everybody in the corporation, in the organization, knows what they need to know about COVID. And if there is any, um, if there's anything that you don't know, text them, call them. And I think that's been really comforting. And I hope other companies are doing the same thing because it's been really good for me and for us, for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the Texans certainly uh, taking care of the employees and and definitely wanting to be as safe as as humanly possible. I think, you know, all the NFL clubs are are doing their very best, and everybody's in a different not different situation for everybody, but cities, states. Let's face sure, it, Texas absolutely. is different than Ohio and Michigan or whatever. Uh, so you got to handle things accordingly, but also according to the league, the protocols, the union. Yes. Uh, and along those lines, uh, May 24th is a big date because we could see some Texans on the field, which would be some cool stuff to see for us and yeah. to relay to the people how they're looking out there at OTAs and however these things are put together. I think everything's fluid, though. Don't you feel that way with minicamp? Yes. I mean, obviously, with a, with a lot of teams and these reported boycotts, of, of working out, you know, and I get it. Uh, I, I'm trying to, you know, grasp it all as, as it comes in, you know, the Broncos said no. And then they said, well, you gave us some additional yeah. information. Let's reconvene here. So we'll see where that goes. But um, as far as the Texans, we haven't heard anything yet uh, other than it, sh- it should be a go for the guys to come in, but you never know. I mean, these are developing stories and developing uh, trends. So I'm excited though. I really want to see them out there. And I think that I know the coaches share this feeling. You know how coaches are. We talk about this this time of year every year where the coaches have been working, evaluating, planning, and they just want to coach. You know, they want to be able to get their guys on the field and start to coach. And they love this time of year. You know, I I think for the fans and, you know, so many of us, it's all about game day, right? Game day. Take me to the <laughs> yeah. fall. Get me to September. I want to, you know, noon on a Sunday. I want to, I want to be there. But for the coaches, they enjoy the process. They want to be making the broth here in, in May and April and, you know, see what it looks like at first and sort of let it marinate together. And obviously training camp is a whole other story is that's the next phase. But don't you feel that we're in a very fluid situation here with the league and the players? And we really don't have something concrete to report right now. I used to love spring football when I was when I was coaching because kind of the same reason you're talking about Mark and that is you have time to kind of let things go. You can work on some different things. You can experiment with some different things. You can experiment with players at different positions. You can experiment with them in different roles. You obviously have things you know you have to get in, but you're not playing a game on Sunday. So you can put something in during a week and if you don't like it, eh, you don't like it. If you like it, okay, hey, guys, when we get to June and July, we need to rethink of how we're doing this because that looked pretty good. Or, hey, we need to rethink because that did not look good. This is an opportunity to do it. And I remember a few of the coaches telling us, I think maybe Bill O'Brien said this at some point. It makes a lot of sense. Like, look, we got into this thing to be coaches. We didn't get, in, we didn't get into this thing to, to you know, do off-season stuff. We got into the coach and to teach. Uh, and that's what this staff is, is really all about is – you know, teaching. And that's what that, that period is going to be. And I think it's a great period for the vets as well to be able to teach the young guys, especially the rookies coming in that have been in an NFL building. Um, and that will, that'll be the case for the most part. Most of them have never been in an NFL building, you know, they played on their college campus and maybe gotten a bowl game along the way, but they've never been in an NFL building, especially in the way they're about to be in. So I think that period is huge. And uh, the Broncos, I thought was interesting. I saw and read what Brandon McManus had to say, and he was asked about it. And the NFL presented essentially kind of a kind of a compromise, and that is, look, the four weeks or so, four to five weeks that are you know conditioning, kind of leading up to minicamp, that'll be all virtual. 
But then you come in for like three weeks to do some OTAs and then a three-day mini camp, and then you're out. And so maybe that's a compromise. Uh, and I think it's, it's, probably a, it's probably a good one. And I know J.C. Treader said, look, we had a great 2020 season, and we didn't have an offseason. So we can do this and do this again. I get, I get that point. But you can also do it even better. There are some teams, I guarantee if you talked to Matt Rule and said, hey, how was it meeting your players the first day of training camp? How was that? That probably stunk. But for yeah. some teams that have been around each other, you know, for a while, and I know J.C. Treader played for Kevin Stefanski, and they kind of had the same situation. I, I get it. But there can be a hybrid of what we used to do, which was like six weeks of conditioning or whatever, and then three, four weeks of mini camp, or, uh, OTAs and then a week of minicamp. You can, I think you can cut that, and I think you can compromise on that. And that would be really nice that around May-ish, 20, like you said, 24-ish, somewhere in there, you can get the squad together. We can go check it out on the practice fields and see what guys look like in the flesh. And that would be, that would be fun. It would be a lot more fun than what we were doing on May 24th last year. That's for sure. I, I think it's a great conversation because, you know, our business is obviously seasonal. And, and we're going through this right now just as every business is on the business operations side, you know, wanting to get people back to the office. And, yeah. and I was saying, you know, yeah, you could say office, but it's really, you know, we work in the stadium. It's back to the stadium, right? I, right. I, that's how I right. always think of our workplace. I come to work every day in a football stadium. It's awesome, <laughs> yep. right? It is. I mean, I still yeah. feel that buzz. I feel the electricity when I pull into my parking space and I'm at a football stadium. And, you know, somebody might feel that way about a big glass tower downtown working in oil and gas and, you know, God bless them. But this is my thing. But the point is this. Every business has this right now as they bring people back. And to what degree do they bring them back? And what right. Treader said about, yeah, we had a great season, so we can do it again. I don't know. I think you can do it again, by yes. and large, as a league. The, the whole league, yes, it'll be an entertaining product. You brought up a great point, though, that if you're breaking in a new staff in a new situation, as the Texans are, you know, it would certainly help. It's not going to hurt, put it that way, to get together if you can right. do it without having guys, uh, you know, to use the word safely, right, without yeah. being – without exposing yourselves too much to COVID. And again, as the vaccine rolls out, everything gets safer and safer. But football-wise, it's certainly not going to hurt you to get together. It's going to be good. You know, you're not yeah. in full pads or anything. You're getting to know each other, and that is really important for these new staffs. I think with the Browns, look, they were in a better situation to rebound, to get themselves going, right? We all yeah. agree on that than the Carolina Panthers were with Matt Rule. So – uh, that's a, a little bit of a different deal right there with Stefanski going in. But, yeah, by and large, as a league, sure, the Chiefs, are, they're good to go, right? A lot of yeah. these teams are, are good to go, ready to roll uh, on, on uh, July whatever when training camp would start. And, and like I said, our business is seasonal. I think other businesses will feel it too that the more you keep people home, certain jobs, sure, you can do those well. But as far as culture and just having people together – uh, sometimes if you keep them separate, you might get diminishing returns in some businesses, in some jobs. That's what I'm thinking here. So, you know, we'll see how it goes with, with everybody as they come back from COVID in whichever way they can. Johnny, I wanted to transition here because I was actually having a talk with my market research department, which is uh, Vanderkitt. He's 15 years old. He's a one-man, <laughs> one-kid market research department. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was saying, you know, Dad, how are we going to be like, 
at receiver. You know, we all know the quarterback situation. I forgot to to do the beginning of the show disclaimer, by the way. We know the gigantic story out there with Watson. We understand what's going on. We've all seen the reports. Uh, we don't really talk about it here. Uh, we're letting the process come to a resolution. It's obviously a legal matter. So just that's that. We'll just put it that way. But we talk football in this program. Is that enough, Johnny? Did I miss anything in the? I think, I think you hit it. I don't know that I said it the last couple of nights. I just jumped in <laughs> talking about football because that's what I wanted to talk about. So I think people know. People know. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I've run into people who are like, "Hey, I appreciate you guys are kind of talking about ball," you know. Yeah. And and some of the guys in six ten, I hear that too as well. You know, a little bit more of that, tri- you know, football trickling into the conversation. Who knew? But uh, and I know it's it's hard because you know certain uncertainties out there. Of course. Yeah. Certain uncertainties sounds like an <laughs> album from the seventies. But anyway. Uh, he was asking me about receivers, and I thought, all right, we talked a little bit about receiver last week, but and I was going to make this a who's better because we're going to play who's better tonight. Yep. But I was thinking about it this way. You know, Brandon Cooks, is Brandon Cooks – now, talent-wise, you know, we can com- compare him to whoever, but when you look at the, the best receivers in the history of this franchise, you look at Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. And – who's next i mean will fuller you drafted him he's awesome but had trouble staying healthy and everything like that and obviously last year with the suspension i think fuller full season healthy doing everything fuller can do is unbelievable right but clearly that never really that never happened it not never really never happened for this team right with cooks you're looking at at the outside the fourth best receiver in the history of the franchise am i wrong there I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong whatsoever. I've read so many different draft needs articles or had them pop up on my timeline. Oh, the Texans are devoid of receivers. They're so thin at receiver. And I'm like, wait a second, guys. The last five games of the year when Will Fuller didn't play, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins was out in the desert, those receivers caught a lot of passes, got themselves open in a lot of different ways, and they were playing without Randall Cobb, too. So Kiki's stepping up. Obviously, Brandy Cooks was outstanding. Um, you know, Chad Hansen stepped up. Now, Chad's, you know, no longer on the squad. But um, from that perspective, they've gone out and got guys that they think can, you know, be Chad and beyond. Got a rookie in Isaiah Coulter who didn't see the field that can maybe make a year one to year two jump. And on top of that, in free agency, there there was really a you know, really the Texans weren't gonna go out and spend big on a Kenny Galladay, and there was no reason to, especially when you've got a draft coming up that is just loaded at receiver. I Mark, I did this um, I think it was on Friday. I did this article uh, just looking at it started it started as top ten receivers. But you know as well as I do, the receivers get broken up into this guy playing the outside, this guy's a slot, this guy's kind of more a weapon X, kind of running back slot hybrid sort of thing, kind of a Tyler Irvin type, uh, was listed as a running back, probably as more receiver, can play both, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they kind of break down. And what I realized as I did this, I was like, you know what? I've got 21 wide receivers listed in my top 133 because the Harris 100 did turn it into – uh, Harris 250, which led to one of my segments last night, which was I did a full mock and just said, what if the Texans drafted each player 
that I have at that spot in the Harris 250. Ooh. And when I did that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I did that, I came out of there going, man, if this is the A-player hall, I'll feel pretty good. And one of the receivers I came out of there with was Simi Fajoko from Stanford. And my point with that is, here's a guy at 6'3 and a half, 6'4", 225 pounds, ran a 4'3940", took a two-year mission, and has kind of been off the map a little bit, didn't play but you know five games or so this year, uh, but was very good in those games. And I have him kind of listed down the road. I'm, and I, I, after, after I got to that pick, I went, I, it's Simi Fajoko. I'd love to have him. I'm probably, I, he probably needs to be a little bit higher. But I'm like, if I put him a little bit higher, that means another receiver is going to be a little bit lower. And you're going to get a receiver in the fourth or fifth round that has the potential to be a dynamic receiver for you from the time he sets in the building, from the time he leaves the building. So my point in all that is I'm not panicking and haven't panicked about receiver. The fact that, you know, I didn't like seeing Hop go. I didn't like seeing Will Fuller go because those are guys, first of all, we knew them and we loved them and we didn't want to see them go. But, you know, the business of football is the business of football. And so now you've got to find another receiver to join the mix. But if you go in and say, Brandon Cooks is the number one wide receiver, does that make you feel badly? Not at all. I, I know that's not the way that, that Nick – has looked at things like, oh, we got to have a number one wide receiver. We got to have a number two wide receiver. It's not broken up like that. You go find enough guys that can catch the football and get open. You know, the Patriots never designated a number one wide receiver. I think about that Super Bowl against the Falcons. Malcolm Mitchell was the quote unquote number four receiver. He had like seven catches in that game. James White, I think, led everybody. He was a daggum running back. So the number one wide receiver was who? Adelman, Hogan, like Mitchell. Like, which guy was it? That's kind of the point is that you don't need to have a number one wide receiver if you've got different options. And then you add a young guy to the mix on day three, maybe at 67, I would imagine, but maybe, because the options are just um, unbelievable at 67. And if you're going to go receiver, it may, it may behoove you to move down. I mean, Nick may want to move down because he can, if he's dead set on getting a receiver, he can go get one at 85, at 90. I mean, he can get a really good wide receiver uh, in this class. So. I don't, I don't panic. I mean, I would tell Vander Kid, look, they've got enough <laughs> options at receiver. They can spread the wealth, and there's going to be a rookie coming in that's going to end up being a fantastic football player just given the depth of this particular draft at that position. And, oh, by the way, and I don't know if I should tell you this because you're my boss, but I've been working on a 2022 class already. <laughs> Okay. And that class, is gonna, this. That, that class is going to be loaded at receiver too. Chris Olave wow. from Ohio State, Traylon Birch from Arkansas. That class is going to be loaded with wide receivers as well. We're, you're going to be able to get a wide receiver at some point in the draft, at any point in the draft, and that guy's going to have an opportunity to be one of the top three receivers on your ball club. Do you think that receiver today is what running back was 30, 40 years ago, right? Running yeah. back was so sexy in the 70s and 80s. And you think of the guys coming out then, and one of them, by the way, is coming up in Who's Better. But you think of the guys coming out then, and then I'm not saying running back is no good now, uh, right. and it's not a, a marquee position, but we all know it's not as much of a marquee position as it used to be, right? Used right. to be like you build your team maybe around the running back, but the receivers now, not that you're going to build a team around them, 
the receivers now, there's so many balls in the air right now. Yeah. The, the ball is being thrown more than ever, better than ever. Going across the middle is, I don't want to use the word easier than ever, <laughs> but it's yeah. less threatening than it was in days of yore when you had these safeties, these headhunters, as they called them, roaming in the secondary because the rules protect you more. So is receiver, has it changed that much as far as the way it's regarded for guys even playing football? You look at Claypool, yes. right? Yes. Here's another, you know, 48 points per game in high school playing basketball. Yeah, but I want to play football. Well, that might not have been the case 30, 40 years ago with that kind of talent. I don't know, but I'm just giving an example here. Well, I, I think there, there are a few things to that. I think one of them is just a math issue or math situation you know back in the day you used to have a football uh, you used to have a fullback and a running back on the field and you maxed out at three receivers on the field right maxed out most of the time you had two receivers sometimes you even had just one but you had two running backs and we've we've gone the other way we now in the nfl and in all football leagues you're playing with one back mm-hmm. and you're playing with four wide receivers most of the time so those players that kind of back in the day may have been running backs well, now they've got an opportunity to go play a diff, you know, a wide receiver position. And now the wide receivers are kind of split. Like, okay, you're an outside guy. You're a slot guy. There are opportunities for smaller guys and shorter guys that might have been running backs in the past, maybe. They can go play in the slot position. Um, and that's a better, it's a better fit for them. Seven on seven, just, just going gangbusters, has allowed receivers to have opportunities. And so you're seeing more guys step to that receiver position because there are just more opportunities there. Teams are playing 11 personnel. Um, and putting three wide receivers on the 10 personnel, putting four wide receivers out. That's just the way the game has gone. And so it's kind of, you know, evolved into that. And if you can't catch a cold or you're a former NFL defensive back son, that's when you go over to the defensive back side, like Patrick Sertain, uh, number two, like he will, uh, like he did. Elijah Molden from Washington. He's another one. J.C. Horn. Hey, Joe Horn was his dad. Joe Horn, a wide receiver. Where did J.C. end up? Playing defensive back, and he's one of the best ones. So, Wide receivers, there's going to come a point, kind of like in the Hall of Fame discussions, where there's going to be this bottleneck, and and you've got to find a different spot for some of these guys to go. But a guy like J.C. Horn learned was, hey, I can go be a receiver and be a mid-level receiver, or at my dimensions and my size, I can go learn how to play defensive back. I can go be a top 12 pick in this draft. So we're going to see a little bit of a sea change at some point because there's just such a a glut of wide receivers. What are you going to do with them? Where are they going to go? Uh, right now, there's plenty of opportunity. But down the road, you're just going to get not enough spots, so players are going to have to go elsewhere, and they're going to have to take the J.C. Horn path. That's down the road, though. These receivers coming, very, very good. Uh, word association, Joe Horn, what's the first thing that comes up on the field? On-field yeah. stuff with Joe Horn, not off-field, on-field. Cell phone. Cell phone. Cell right. phone. No cell doubt. phone celebration. I yeah, mean, cell he, phone celebration, which is a shame because he's a really good receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's a very reliable, trusty yeah. Physical, you know, he was one of those guys that would go over the middle. He had no, he had no problems with that. But it's the cell phone. It's the the cell phone celebration. You kidding me? Which, by the way, have you seen the Saints and the Falcons uh, t- digital teams on Twitter just go after one another? They hate each other. Oh, it's so awesome. It's they hate so each awesome. other. I yeah. love it. Things we will not be doing. And, you know, we're really we're really fret- – like, I know – you know how I feel about the Colts, okay? Yes. You know how I feel about the Titans. Yes. And the Jags, not quite the same, but they're still a division rival. But I like the people who work there. You know, Mike Keith and I, and, you know, yes. I, I know you know all those guys, and we all yeah. know those people, and, and we all get along great with the yep. people who work for those teams. 
but I still hate those teams like poison. Okay, <laughs> coming up, who's better? And we've got a modified version of it today, Johnny, and it's going to be fun because everybody can play along at home. Who's better? We've got a sports movie, Who's Better? We have um, coaches spending time, coaches and players spending time watching sporting events, and we'll get into what's better and some other stuff as well. I know I'm kind of cryptic here, but that's the way we work here. It's Texans Radio. 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 Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by AWS. Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as a player's speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called Next Gen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.com nfl.com for all things stats next gen stats powered by aws now here's the show it's texans radio mark vandermeer and john harris with you time to play the game we usually play on tuesday but johnny and i switch nights and it's wednesday who's better so time to play who's better johnny let's go here we go who's better pre-draft evaluation and you're the man to talk to about this Patrick Mahomes or anyone in this draft not named Trevor Lawrence. Now, again, folks, this is pre-draft evaluation. Remember, Mahomes was picked 10th in yeah. the 2017 draft, and the Chiefs moved up to get him. What would have happened had they not been able to make that deal? Do the Texans move up and get him at 12? Who knows what happens? Wow. But anyway, Mahomes, pre-draft evaluation, or anybody in this draft not named Trevor Lawrence. You know, maybe I should throw Trevor Lawrence in there as well. What do you think? Well, I've got four guys in the top 10. Mm -hmm. I put it this way. If Patrick Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes going back to college had come out at the same time as these guys, I probably would have put him third behind Lawrence, probably behind Zach Wilson too. Mm -hmm. But I always had this soft spot for Mahomes just watching him. And one of the things that stood out was the fact that he is, his dad was a professional athlete. He'd been around professional locker rooms. That was not going to be intimidating to him at all. And I just felt like, you know what, man, his ceiling is so high. But his floor is, I mean, it's at the basement. So that delta between the floor and the ceiling was always what worried me about Mahomes, although I was ready, I would roll the dice with him because I trusted that he wasn't going to bust because his, his dad imparting those things he learned in Major League Baseball that Patrick saw growing up. That's why I felt like DK Metcalf was not going to be a bust. I had him in my top 16, maybe, maybe top 12, because his dad had played in the NFL. He knew what it was about. Those guys I don't worry about because they know what it takes to be good professionals. So long answer to a short question, I would have had him third, I think, Fields and Lance, I would have put behind them. Even though Fields and Lance are like 7 and 10 on my list, that 2017 draft, when you go back and look at it, ooh, it's salty. It's pretty salty. And I had, I think, Patrick at 16, one spot behind Deshaun at 15. But I would have put both Deshaun and Patrick right about the same at three or four. One of the reasons I ranked them a little bit higher is I just 
I know that teams are looking for quarterback. It's, a, it's that simple. And I right. think those guys are, are, are very, very talented. But I think it's a little bit easier to see where the, 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 new, the, the newer model of quarterback and how successful it's been. I think right. we've been able to see that even back as, you know, as late as 2017, we weren't totally sure yet that that was all the way there. But I think, I think Patrick and, and Sean and Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, they start showing, Hey, look, you know, guys that can move can do a few different things. And this quarterback thing is changing. You better go get one. And I think you can kind of see that reflected in my rankings, but I would put, I would put Patrick third. I would have put him third behind Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. All right, next, who's better? All right, recently, Rich Eisen had David Anspaugh on a podcast. He's the director of the movie Hoosiers. That was oh, his first okay. feature film. Great stuff. He's talking about Gene Hackman and how they disagreed a lot, and Hackman thought yeah. the movie was going to stink, and so did Dennis Hopper, <laughs> and obviously it's a great movie. Anyway, uh, Eisen said it's his favorite sports movie. What's better, Hoosiers or any other sports movie, give me a sports movie that's better than oh. Hoosiers in your opinion. Okay. I'm, I am a little biased okay. on this one because – It's not Friday Night Lights. I know that. No, no, no. I hate, I hate that movie. I love even the show. Though, even love, though Buzz Bissinger, Buzz Bissinger, when he wrote the book, thought he was going to write Hoosiers for football. Right. And obviously it didn't turn out that way, but it was still a classic. And I totally recommend the book. I know the TV show is a big success and it's different from the book and the real life story, but trust me, I wasn't born here. I got here as fast as I could. (laughs) One of the first things I did was read that book. And it just taught me about the fabric of high school football in this great land of ours, Texas. Buzz, Buzz is one of the best interviews I've ever done. I, I, lo- I love them. I mean, he's probably the only guy I could ever talk to that could talk more than me on a particular uh, topic. <laughs> but last night, last night, Tuesday night, uh-huh. it was movie night, the Harris household. And my daughter kind of compromising with me and in some sense the um, – my my wife and daughter are very big fans of Robert Redford. They wanted to watch The Natural. Ooh. So we watched The Natural from beginning to end last night, and they stood up at the end with a standing ovation. That, that is such a good movie. A great movie. The cast, Robert Duvall, Kim Basinger, mm-hmm. Robert Redford, Wilford Brimley. I mean, it's a, oh. Oh, it's a tremendous, tremendous cast. It, the Natural know, to me. Oh, that is such a great movie. It's so over-the-top hokey, but I love it, all right? (laughs) It is so over-the-top. But there are scenes and moments in that movie that always get me, like Wilfred Brimley, when he's shaving right before the big game at the end. He's like, all I ever wanted to do, Red, was win win the pennant. I didn't care about the series. Just wanted to win the pennant. And, you know, sometimes I feel that way about the Super Bowl. I just want to go to the Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. You know, I want to win it, but I just want to get there. Look, can we please get there, get to a Super Bowl and experience that? Of course, I want to win it, but I understand his feeling about that to a degree. And there's so many other things in that movie that we could get to, but we don't have time for it. All right, next up. We'll save that for a future episode, by the way. So I'm going natural. I'm going natural Mm -hmm. as the best. I like Hoosiers better, but I love the natural. Great. And I thought you were going to go Bagger Vance, which Robert Redford directed, which is not yeah. a great movie, but it's got a lot of great moments. And if you love golf, it's outstanding. Will Smith is excellent. Okay. 
recently, as recent as last weekend, we had the Masters, and Nick Saban was there watching, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and other sports celebrities. Uh, what's better, Augusta to watch for athletes, or, and I can't go NBA or MLB, I got to go non-traditional team sport big event so give me a better event than augusta for these types Ooh. of guys to go see because if it brings out saban and fitzy and other nfl quarterbacks and coaches and things like that or not that saban's nfl but he's formerly nfl and big time college football but you get my drift here what's better than augusta to go see in this country nothing nothing Augusta nothing. wins it's perfect if you get – it's April, so it's typically great weather. And if you get a Sunday that is just gorgeous and sunny and you can walk the course, I would imagine – and, and the, the, the patrons, I'm sure that they're probably in some sense starstruck, kind of. But there's just this belief there at Augusta, like, you know, everybody just kind of does their own thing and, and you, you, know, you don't bother anybody. I just feel like they're – for, to, con, to convene all those different people at one event, I don't know that anything else exists. I, re, I really don't. And I think it's kind of the perfect time in a calendar for, for you know, football, obviously, to be, you know, be involved. You know, baseball is just getting started. But I, I think that's the only one that I could see like, yeah, may, maybe. But what Olympic event would it be, though? I, I don't even know if that's yeah. the right – I don't even know if that's the, it. I think it's the Masters, and it's not even close. All right, final what's better. I agree, by the way. I mean, it's just so unique. And I yeah. think now the – what was it? The U.S. Amateur Girls Championship was there the week before. And I think they I think showed so, yeah. one round. Somebody told me they showed one round on TV because I'm thinking, why is this – why isn't this on TV? I would watch anybody play golf at Augusta, right? Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, not my I, friends I, yeah. because they're horrible, but <laughs> I might watch anybody else play golf at Augusta. Okay, let's uh, – and apparently the U.S. amateur girls were hitting from where the men used to hit or something like that, and it just wow. shows you how the game has changed oh, and they're just wow. hitting the ball a mile. All right, this is a, a variation here. We're playing who's better, but this is more like how good would. How good would he have been? Bo Jackson, Johnny mm. – yeah. Bo Jackson, healthy, full-time football player. Where does he stack up with the greats in the game? And I don't know if we have enough time to do this justice. But oh, I can do this in two words. So. Okay. I can do this in two words. Top three. Top, Top three. three. He's, the Top freakiest, three. he's the freakiest athlete. One of the things I always look at and I say to myself is I'm watching, I'm watching players and studying players. That guy is running away from – other fast guys and oh by the way he's bigger than anybody on the field at this particular moment he's top three Jim Brownwood is one of them throwing I mean throwing Barry Sanders because he was freaky as well Bo Jackson full-time running back full-time football player would have been top three no doubt maybe he's two if he's full-time devoted to it he'd been fantastic okay thank you Good stuff. We'll, uh, I think we can attack a lot of those in a full show over the summer. Next up, we'll go around the league, and Florio pinned a tweet that I thought was really funny and interesting about two leagues playing 
a championship game with their respective champions. But there are many other things going on around the National Football League. We'll get to them next on Texans Radio. On Texans Radio. Vanderbeer and Harris with you on Texans Radio. Good evening, everyone. Great to have you aboard for the trip tonight. The trip home, wherever you're going, in the car, (laughs) or if you're listening on the app, the Audacity app from our friends at Sports Radio 610 and the Audacity Company, and also on the Texans Radio app. Great to have you aboard. All right, so, Johnny. It's Odyssey. What did I say? Audacity? Audacity, yeah. Darn it. I screwed it up. You know why? And I I was actually – I talked to Sarah Frazier last night, market manager for Odyssey. Yeah. And I said – I'm going to slip up and say audacity because that's a, that's an editing program <laughs> yes. that's free Yes, and you can download it and edit audio and, and people in the biz know all about that. So people in the biz are confusing the two words and I just did it on the air, but you know what? It brings home that it's odyssey, odyssey. and it's spelled, you know, a U like audio and it's pronounced like Iliad and odyssey. So it's odyssey. Yeah. There you go. It's a great, oh. it's a great app. I was using it this morning actually, cause I had to get out of the car for some reason. And I missed, you know, Sean and Seth were talking about something, actually Nick Saban they were talking about, and I didn't want to miss it, so I just put my earbuds in, went in wherever I was going, I was listening to him. It's a great it, it's app. A, it's a great addition because I agree, you know, you're so used to TV, like, I don't have to miss a thing because I got on demand, I can yes. rewind, I can do whatever the heck I want. And now you have that with radio on this app where, yeah, Sean and Seth, you know, they have Amy Dash on or one of these guests they have, you want to rewind and hear it, boom, you're there. You're there and you're hearing it. Okay, we're here and XFL and CFL. Would you want to see them in a championship game situation, Johnny? Well, like the champ from one, champ yeah. against the other? Heck yes. Of course. Oh, no, you know what would be cool? Okay. How many downs? <laughs> well, see, that's where I was going with this. You know how in the World Series, if you go into the American League ballpark, you have the DH. You go into the National League ballpark, you, you, the pitchers Ooh. hit. Yeah. What if you played XFL rules, like you played a series, you played XFL rules in an XFL building, but then game two, you'd have to go to the CFL and you'd have to play CFL rules in the CFL. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if that works. You know, Andre, it's crazy. It'd be crazy, but man, it'd be fun. Yeah, if Andre's listening to us right now, he's probably about to drive his car <laughs> to a bridge abutment. Like, you guys. <laughs> You don't understand the CFL. And, you know, he played up there, so he gets it. And we watch it, but it's bizarre because you have the three downs, and I can't get used to that. In fact, all right, so this – it all it all comes back to me, Johnny. Wait, really. that's the thing that's that's bizarre to you? Not well, the, no, that's guys one of the things. Moving at that's the same the, time, the movement I can't stand. I oh. think the CFL could market itself much better. Now, this might not be the goal, so this yeah. is just me talking. Could market itself much better to this audience if they just said. Just stand still until we snap the football and make it look more like NFL football. These you know, running head think- starts are very confusing to everybody who watches American football. And they're confusing for you, the play-by-play man, because you're always like, you know, cooks in motion. Well, yeah. uh, who do you say is in motion? All right, uh, you- all receivers in motion yeah. on this Dudes one. are running around and the ball snapped. Here we go. Yeah, there we so, go. I, I don't know. No, I, 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 I'm with you. Look, CFL and XFL, I would love to see them play, but – their games are, are so different. I mean, so very different. Just 11 players versus 12, guys in, in, uh, in motion at all times. Uh, th- those things are, are fundamentally different, not to mention the field is wider um, and different in the CFL than it is in the XFL. But 
I just I just love ancillary leagues, other leagues that you know play football and do it well. The XFL was doing it well for a while, um, and obviously COVID hit and um, go, you know went back to the drawing board a little bit. CFL's been doing it for a long time, and there have been players that have come to the CFL. You know, Joe Theismann went to the Toronto Argonauts. Raheem Ismail went to the Toronto Argonauts. Warren uh, Doug, Doug Flutie, Warren Moon. They they came through the CFL because there was no XFL at that time. There was no even World League had was gone by the time that they were you know in the NFL. So there was it was an option for guys that want to continue to play football and try and further their careers. And you know my, my daughter and I have had this conversation you know for a long time, and and she's she's good about this. But you know everybody says they want to get into acting and they're like oh I want to be the big Hollywood you know Tom Hanks sort of thing. It's like but. You know, maybe you maybe you don't get there, but you know, maybe you go on Broadway. You know, maybe you do something on Netflix. Maybe you do something, you know, on a on a new app that comes out in the next, you know, five years. Um, you know, maybe you're, you know, not the star on the next Modern Family, but you're you're part of the the ensemble cast. You know, there's so many different ways to do it. Professional football is not quite like that. There's not as many avenues, but when they're there. Guys take them and, and make the most of it. P.J. Walker is a great example of that, what he did with the Roughnecks and then ended yeah. up doing it for the Panthers last year. I was so happy for him. And there's a video of him going in the locker room after the game that he played and the Panthers ended up winning. And I was just like, man, that feeling. You talked oh. about it earlier. What's that feeling going to be like? You know, Wilford Brimley is watching the lights light up in that park and he's going to go to the series the first time. And we think about going to the Super Bowl, but what was that like for P.J. Walker to turn the corner and everybody just goes nuts cheering for him? And it was, it, it was, it's incredible. But I'd love to see those other avenues open for guys that just want to play ball, just keep it going that much longer. Yeah, I wish there were more. I mean, we've yes. talked about this before, how in basketball, baseball, you have opportunities to play that game all around planet Earth. And in football, yeah, you can play it, but can you make right. a living? Can you make some yeah. money? You know, like Darren Fells, we bring him up all the time, but he was making some pretty decent money. Obviously, you can't play forever. You can't make the kind of money in professional overseas hoops that would enable you to retire once you're done with your career. Now, yeah. I guess, you know, if you're playing for the Shanghai Sharks, maybe Yao's going to take <laughs> care of you, but yeah. good luck with that. Jimmer yeah. Ferdet, does he play for the Sharks? I forgot. I don't I know. I think so, yeah. I think yeah. so. And Marbury did really well over there. Very well. Yeah. Oh, the documentary about him mm-hmm. going over to China is just is just phenomenal. But he it already made so Boku bucks in the NBA before he went over there. Yes. That's the oh, thing. yeah. But he still made Boku bucks going over to China, too. And yeah. it was just in, in, hearing him talk about kind of the, the, the zen he found, if you will, kind of a basketball zen. Kind of going over to China, he's, it, it was fascinating. In some sense, he kept kind of chasing his tail here in America. And he goes over to China, it's, he's revered. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, – I love what you brought up about acting and about so many professions where, where you have a dream maybe to coach. Coach yeah. kids, man. You yeah. want to coach and you have a job. I know you yep. want to be a professional coach maybe, but go coach kids. And yep. enjoy yourself because they need coaches. Good coaches are needed. Trust me on this. I think we can all vouch anybody who has kids playing youth league sports. All right, Johnny, that's going to do it for today. 
Tomorrow, it's already Thursday. We have the general on. It's oh, going to yeah. be fun. Uh, we'll visit then. And we want to thank everyone who worked on the show tonight. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Go to the Texans app for all the information on your Texans at HoustonTexans.com, of course. Have a great evening, everyone. And go Texans!